Welcome back. So I have been doing NFL recaps, but doing it in a very time-consuming form, I'll put it that way. Doing it with highlights and commentaries and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, it just, I've been getting home from work later and it just takes so much time to make those videos. So unfortunately, I'm going to cut that off after 10 weeks of doing it or nine weeks, whatever it was. But anyway, I still want to talk about football on Mondays. So I'm just going to come on here and just kind of speak about the, uh, previous week of the NFL season. This is week 10, and I'll probably post it on the podcast as well, because why not? I know it's a Giants podcast, but if you listen to it, cool. If not, that's also cool. But week 10 in the NFL was actually very fun. A lot of close games. That Vikings-Bills game might have been one of the best regular season games of all time, so we'll touch on that stuff. We'll go through each game, and I'll kind of just give some notes about what I saw from those matchups. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the video and let's get into it. So Minnesota at Buffalo kind of needs its own segment here. So the Vikings, they win 33 to 30 in overtime. They improved to eight and one, just crazy. They were big underdogs too. They were like, it bounced around because Josh Allen's availability was definitely in question. Like when I did my spread pick show, it was only three and a half in favor of the Bills. It opened at nine and a half Buffalo, but closed at six and a half in favor of Buffalo. But yeah, the Vikings won the game outright. And Buffalo got out to a 27 to 10 lead with about 17 minutes left in the entire game, late third quarter. And then literally like the next play, Dalvin Cook ripped off that 81-yard touchdown run and kind of got them back in that game. And from that point on, like the game just became crazy. There was a fourth and 18, fourth and 17 play. Vikings, you know, kind of backed up in their own territory and Kirk Cousins just throws a ball up for grabs into like double coverage, triple coverage. And Justin Jefferson makes honestly the best catch I've seen since the Odell Beckham catch. I know that George Pickens on Thursday night got a lot of like hype about that catch. This catch by Justin Jefferson was one of the best I've ever seen in my lifetime. So he keeps the game alive on that 4th and 17, 4th and 18. The Vikings, they get all the way down to the goal line. Dalvin Cook on 4th down has a wide open touchdown. He drops the ball. But Buffalo had an offsides penalty. So the Dalvin Cook drop was kind of negated. But if Dalvin Cook, you know, caught the ball, got in the end zone, Game would have been over in regulation probably. But anyway, so they run another play. They get the ball in like the half yard line and Kirk Cousins rushes. He stops short. Ball's on like the one inch line basically. Buffalo gets the ball back. It's a turnover on downs. And at this point, Buffalo was up by four points, 27 to 23. And here's where I have a problem with Buffalo. So it kind of goes back to what happened in the playoffs for them last year. There was like 13 seconds left. They kicked the ball out of bounds to Patrick Mahomes and give him the full 13 seconds rather than making them return the ball and wasting more clock, which is a huge problem I had with Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott's like a good coach, but some of these decisions he has made, I just don't get them sometimes. And I know he's not the offensive guy, so maybe this decision from this game was not on him, but they decided to go quarterback sneak. They just had to not get a safety or not like even a safety they still would have been up by two points. They just could not lose the ball and let the Vikings score a touchdown. And what do you know? Josh Allen can't handle the snap, and the Vikings fall on it in the end zone, and then they go, you know, up by three. And my problem is, if you're a Bills fan, like, you should want Josh Allen in shotgun and at least having a chance to run around and make a play. Like, the, the chances that Josh Allen gets sacked and fumbles in the end zone at a shotgun are just so minuscule. But if you are going under center, there's always a chance, especially a guy with a sprained elbow like Josh Allen, that something can go wrong. And it's exactly what happened in this case. So I don't know why they did that. I would have just call, called, like, a simple Josh Allen, like, shotgun rollout to his right 
pick it up with his legs or even just make a quick throw to Stephon Diggs near the sideline. Just get yourself out of that one-yard line territory and give yourself a chance to take a couple knees and get out of there with a victory. Now, Buffalo did get down the field, and on that drive to get the game-tying field goal, Gabe Davis had a catch, which wasn't actually a catch. He kind of dropped it based on how the replay looked, but they didn't review it, so they got in field goal range and went to overtime. The Vikings get the ball. They win the toss. They pretty much go down the field, but they can't punch it in. Kirk Cousins had an incompletion on 3rd and 15. They settle for a 33-yard field goal. They take the three-point lead in overtime, but the Bills got the ball back, and Josh Allen made some plays. He had a 20-yard run, an 18-yard run, and like the Bills were moving. I really genuinely thought at that point the Bills were going to pull this off or at least get a field goal out of it. I don't think they would have played for the field goal, but still, if they had to, if it was like a sack and they made it like fourth and 15, I'm sure they would have taken the tie. But Josh Allen, on second and 10 on Minnesota's 20, just starts taking shots to the end zone. The first one was incomplete to Dawson Knox. The second one he throws, it was just right in the hands of Patrick Peterson and was intercepted, and that was the game. So they get down the field with ease, and instead of taking those short yardage plays, which the Vikings defense was giving them, Josh Allen felt the need on second and 10 with a whole 1 minute 20 seconds remaining to go in the end zone, and he gets intercepted. So the Bills have had a couple of really tough losses this year. They are 6-3 and three on the season. They had that loss at Miami where the heat was definitely a factor in that game. Lost to the Jets last week, a game they probably shouldn't have lost. And then this game, one where they were up, as I said before, it was like 27-10 to 10 or something. Yeah, 27-10 late third quarter, you blow that game. You just cannot have that. Now, credit to the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell's doing a great job as the you know first-year head coach, and Kirk Cousins is playing well. Justin Jefferson nearly had 200 receiving yards. He was awesome. Dalvin Cook with that big run. But man, like you cannot have that if you're Buffalo. This is supposed to be the Super Bowl favorites, and you're blowing games like that. Just can't have it. So I'm not saying fire Sean McDermott, but some of these late game collapses they have had, even dating back to the playoff game last year at Kansas City, is getting pretty inexcusable. So Buffalo has to figure it out, and it's not just the coach's fault. Josh Allen has so many bad turnovers lately. He had so many bad turnovers in that Jets game. He had one in this game where he threw a, you know, just a ill-advised pass and, and Patrick Peterson again picked him off in the end zone in a pass that Josh Allen should not have thrown and settled for the field goal and I think that would have made it 30 to 10 at that point so Josh Allen's got to play smarter football but the Bills coaching staff has to be better as well that that team all around is way too talented to be six and three not that six and three is bad but you should be a lot better than that at this point all right I'll try to get through the rest of the games a lot faster here but that game definitely had to spend more time on it Falcons at Panthers Thursday nighter the Falcons were favorites by two and a half on on the road they lost by 10 Panthers beat them 25-15 PJ Walker he you know wasn't that great didn't do much honestly it was more of a Deonta Foreman game he had a lot of success on the ground in this one 31 carries 130 yards rushing touchdown big play for LaVisca Chenault that catch he made you know was considered a run technically but it was a pass and if you're Atlanta just an awful loss I mean this is one where if you win that game versus the Panthers who are not that good of a team you are in first place in the NFC South. Now, I don't think they would have held on to it. I think Tampa's going to catch them eventually. But you had a chance to keep that lead through Week 10, and now they blow it. So just a terrible loss for Atlanta, for Arthur Smith. And speaking of Arthur Smith, I don't get the whole Marcus Mariota thing. You just took Desmond Ritter this year, and like Desmond Ritter at least has some upside. You don't know what he is. 
And I get Atlanta is technically in the playoff race, but like the whole Marcus Mariota thing is just not working out. I think Mariota's had a couple of good games this year, but there's just not really a point to play him anymore. He's not even being smart with the football which is one of the reasons you would play Marcus Mariota in the first place. Like, Mariota literally threw a pass sitting on his ass, and luckily it was called incomplete because it was a dead ball, but he tried throwing a pass from the ground that got intercepted. So, like, the the guy is just not playing smart football. I don't see the point, but it seems like Atlanta's not making a change. Baker Mayfield, due to the ankle injury for P.J. Walker, We'll get the start for Carolina next week. Seahawks, Bucks. I was definitely big on Tampa in this game. I felt good about it at first. I got out to a 14-0 lead at halftime. Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady found Julio Jones. Julio looked very fast in that play, by the way, speaking of the Falcons. But yeah, Julio, I have not seen a run that fast in like two years. So Julio looks really good there. Brady found Chris Godwin in the early fourth to put them up 21-3. to And that looked like the game was over, you know what I mean? But, of course, Seattle, they've been a resilient team this year. Geno Smith comes down, leads a nice drive, finds Tyler Lockett for a 21-yard touchdown. Then he found Marquise Goodwin on a fourth and one. It was a 19-yard touchdown pass. Great catch by Goodwin, kept his feet in bounds, made it a five-point game. And then there was a big run by Rashad White, and that was pretty much the game there. Seattle ran out of time. Um, Rashad White, by the way, big game for him for fantasy football implications. Um, Seemed like... Leonard Fournette didn't get benched, but he was not the starter. This was actually a game started by Rashad White. Fournette got injured in this game, but he should be fine after their bye. They have a bye here in week 11. But Rashad White, 22 carries, 105 yards. So if he, for some reason, is a free agent in your fantasy leagues, go pick up Rashad White because that's a guy who definitely could be a league winner if something were to happen to Fournette. Lions at Bears. I mean, the Bears are really fun now. The Lions, we've kind of known they're fun already. Detroit took this one 31-30. They win their second game in a row. Chicago was favored by about a field goal in this game, so they do not cover. Um, It was a good win by Detroit. I'll give them credit. I mean, the Lions were down pretty big at some points in this game. They were down 24-10, a two-touchdown game after Justin Fields found Cole Komet for a 50-yard touchdown. And, like, just as I'm about to really get on this Justin Fields bandwagon and say, oh, my God, like, the guy is really freaking good, which, you know, he's still been great overall the past five games or whatever, but he throws this very, very bad interception up by seven to Jeff Akuda, his former teammate at Ohio State, which is funny. But yeah, it was supposed to be a screen pass to Cole Komet. The play was kind of dead from the start. Like, if you're Justin Fields, throw it away. Like, there's no point. Of course, he tries to lob it, put some touch on it to Komet, goes over Komet's head. Jeff Akuda's right there, returns it for six, and kind of changes the entire game. Now, Fields, the next possession, because he has just been a god lately, had a 67-yard rushing touchdown. But the Lions did come down. They got the game-winning drive. They found this Tom Kennedy guy for a 44-yard catch. It was just some small white guy I'd never seen before. But um, they got the game-winning touchdown. So yeah, the Lions win by a point. Wasn't expecting that. Chicago drops to 3-7. and seven. The Lions improved to 3-6. and six. Jaguars at Chiefs kind of went as expected here. Um, unfortunately for the Chiefs, a couple injuries. Juju got hurt. He had one of those injuries that was like you know, you could tell right away it's a pretty bad concussion. Um, wasn't like Tua Tungavailoa type levels, but it was it was scary. So anyway, hopefully Juju's all right. But yeah, the Chiefs got out to a twenty to nothing lead with fifty seconds left in the fir- in the second quarter. And um, my old friend, as a Giants fan, Kadarius Tony had a six yard touchdown. He also made a nice catch in this game. Kadarius Tony. 
feels like he'll be a thing for the Chiefs, which is like good for him. But as a Giants fan, it kind of leaves me bitter. I'm not going to lie. Um, Valdez Scantling had a touchdown. Noah Gray, former Duke tight end with a touchdown in this game. Trevor Lawrence found Christian Kirk for a couple touchdowns in this one, but the Chiefs offense was too much to handle. As a person that took the Jaguars plus nine and a half, I was teased a lot in this game. I mean, they got down 27-10, to 10, but they brought it back. Kirk scored the touchdown with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And it just felt like there was a few times Jacksonville had a chance to bring this to a one-score game, but they never could. So the Chiefs, they, you know, are one of the best teams in football. They're 7-2. and two. Jacksonville is 3-7. and seven. I feel like Jacksonville is better than a 3-7 and seven team, but you are what your record says you are, so it is what it is. But it seems like they're moving in the right direction, Jacksonville. I'll say that. I will say, one thing that annoys me about Doug Peterson, I mean, I think the guy's a pretty good coach overall. But he gets way too cute on third and shorts and fourth and shorts. There was one in this game where, like, I think he ran, maybe it was a toss or one of those, like, speed option plays where you pitch it back to the running back. I don't know. But, like, it, it was just stupid. Like, he just gets way too cute on third and one, fourth and one, fourth and inches. Like, he did that versus the Colts, too, a couple weeks ago. It's just, like, just, you know, just stop trying to, like, outsmart yourself. Um, All right. Browns at Dolphins. The Browns, if you're a Browns fan, it sucks. You were hoping that you can keep the season alive until Deshaun Watson comes back. And uh, Watson's, Watson's a couple weeks away from returning here, but it seems like the Browns are pretty much out of it by now. The Dolphins win this one 39-17. They improved to 7-3. and They have not lost a game where Tua Tungavailoa has lasted the entire game. So, I mean, he's pretty much 7-0 this year if you don't include that Thursday night game where he got hurt. Cleveland got out to a 7-0 lead, and it kind of looked like it would be like one of those track meet type games, but... Didn't turn out that way. Raheem Mostert, 24-yard touchdown. That made it 24-7 in the early third. And it just it just seems like Miami has too much going offensively. They are very tough to stop. Tua was 25 of 32, three touchdowns, 135 passer rating. Um, Tua's been awesome this year. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with his surroundings and bringing in Tyree Kill, getting Mike McDaniel. Um, I love Brian Dable. Love that the Giants uh, hired him, obviously, but I was a big Mike McDaniel guy would have loved that as well for the Giants but things are working out for both teams but even Jeff Wilson who they picked up from the Niners a couple weeks ago at the trade deadline 17 carries 119 yards he's been playing very well for them so yeah the Dolphins they're in first place in the east I mean I don't think that many people expected it it seemed like it was Buffalo's division to lose and they could still win it obviously but the Dolphins do have the tiebreaker right now but things are looking good in Miami Texans at Giants. Texans fall to 1-7-1. and one. Yikes, but at least they'll probably get the first pick, so that's cool. Giants improved to 7-2. They're also 7-2 against the spread. Look at my Giants. This game was pretty much give Saquon Barkley the ball and just ride him to victory. 35 carries, 152 yards, only 4.3 a carry, but Saquon got a touchdown. Daniel Jones played his typical game of like just not really high passing volume, but didn't make mistakes, made some plays. Um, he found Darius Slayton and Slayton ran 50 yards for a touchdown, broke a tackle. So yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game. I mean, as a Giants fan, I was invested, obviously, but definitely not the most exciting game if you're just a regular NFL fan. But the Giants, when they play a clean football game, they can compete. They have coaching that can keep them in games. The Giants were kind of sloppy in some areas. There was a bad false start on a fourth and inches that would have gave them a first down. And um, I remember Jones missed Slayton on a throw. Like there, there were some things they can correct. But for the most part, the Giants, when they are in games like this where they know they're 
favorites or better than their opponent they will just beat you on the ground they'll play good defense and uh, the Giants will be a playoff team I can't believe it but it seems like the Giants will be in the playoffs Saints at Steelers the battle of mid I mean this at one point was a great matchup when Big Ben and Drew Brees were still playing but um not really the case here with Andy Dalton and Kenny Pickett facing off against each other but um you can tell early on the Steelers were in the driver's seat TJ Watt made his return to the lineup so that was cool to see uh, Pittsburgh got out to a 10-0 lead. The Saints brought it back. They made it 10-10 at halftime. Jawan Johnson, 15-yard touchdown, but Kenny Pickett had a one-yard touchdown to make it 20-10 in the middle of the fourth. It wasn't really an exciting game. Andy Dalton, a couple more interceptions. I mean, I can rant about the Saints quarterback thing because I just find it ridiculous. Like, I don't know if Jameis Winston, like, slept with this coach's wife or something, but it just, like, I just don't get it. Jameis Winston gives you the best chance to win. He's healthy now. The guy did have a fractured back at one point, but he seems healthy. I have no idea why Andy Dalton's still the quarterback. If the Saints are trying to tank, I get it, but, like, I just, I don't know. It just makes no sense. I think Taysom Hill gives them a better chance to win than Andy Dalton. It just doesn't make sense to me. Broncos at Titans, just another very boring game. The Titans got the victory. They're 6-3. Broncos fall to 3-6. Russell Wilson, not good. 21-42, of 42, a 70 quarterback rating, one interception. He had some throws in this game, Russell Wilson, that was just like... It was literally Jameis Winston in, in Tampa, like just throwing them up in the triple coverage. One of, on one of those plays, his receiver, I think it was Tyree Cleveland, had to play defensive back. Like he was like, oh my God, Russell Wilson, I don't know what his problem is, whether he's injured or this offensive scheme is that bad they didn't lose Jerry Judy to an ankle injury turns out it doesn't seem like it's that bad because it did look bad at first I think he was carted off but um he should be fine Derrick Henry not the biggest game I mean 19 carries 53 yards under three a carry for Derrick Henry so obviously when you lose to the Titans and, and Derrick Henry wasn't doing much it's it's kind of a tough pill to swallow they had a cool I don't know if you want to call it a trick play or not but one of those plays where it was like a fake screen pass and Nick Westbrook Akina kind of got behind the defense made a guy miss in the secondary a 63 yard touchdown to make it 14 10 so uh yeah the Broncos are cooked I was not expecting them to be like a Super Bowl team this year but um I expected at least to be a nine-win team, but they they suck. They're three and six. The Colts, the Jeff Saturday-led coach, they get a victory over the Raiders because the Raiders are just the Raiders. They're a joke. Two and seven now for the Raiders. I mean, sheesh. After having that offseason, getting Devontae Adams and getting Chandler Jones to be two and seven. I get it's a tough division, but sheesh, that's, that's really bad. So the Colts... Um, I guess shockingly go with Matt Ryan. I don't think that was like in the news. And I just saw when the game started that Matt Ryan's in at quarterback. I'm like, huh, well, I guess the whole Sam Ellinger starting for the rest of the year was not a real thing. I mean, I know that was with the previous coach, but um, yeah, Jeff Saturday is 1-0 as a head coach, just like we all expected. The game went back and forth here for a bit. The Colts got out to a 10-0 lead. Derek Carr found Foster Moreau, made it a three-point game. Josh Jacobs had a touchdown in the late third to make it a one-point Raiders lead. And then Jonathan Taylor, a guy that I just traded in fantasy last week, of course, but he had a 66-yard touchdown to give the Colts a 19 14 lead they failed the two-point conversion and then Derek Carr found Devontae Adams for a 48-yard touchdown giving the Raiders a one-point lead they missed on their two-point conversion and then Matt Ryan I think it was on this possession had like a 40-yard run I think it was 38 exactly but Matt Ryan probably the longest run of his career on that drive he later found Paris Campbell for a 35-yard touchdown it's funny Paris Campbell 
like hasn't done much in his career, but when he plays with Matt Ryan, he's awesome. I guess Matt Ryan is what Paris Campbell needed the past three, four years, however long he's been in the NFL. So the Colts are four, five, and one. They are in second place. Um, they are what two and a half behind the um the Titans still, and I don't think I think they lost both games to them, right? Yes, they lost both games to Tennessee. So the division might be out of the question there if you're the Colts, but maybe you know if they keep winning you never know but um that division seems like it'll be tough to get cowboys packers as a giants fan you love to see it you absolutely love to see it dallas got out to a 7-0 lead it should have been a 14-0 but Dak threw an interception in the red zone and then Aaron Rodgers just started bombing it to uh, Christian Watson, the rookie out of North Dakota State. A 58-yard touchdown for him in this game. Later had a 39-yard touchdown in this game. Later a 7-yard touchdown to tie the game. But in the uh, entering the fourth quarter, Dallas was up 28 to 14, and obviously up two touchdowns to a what seemed like a lifeless Packers team. You would hope if you're a Dallas fan, your team would put that one away. But Dallas gave up the lead. They were outscored 17 to nothing if you include the fourth quarter and overtime. The game did go to OT. Mason Crosby made a 28-yard field goal to win it. There was a play where Mike McCarthy went for it on a fourth down. It was fourth and three on Green Bay's 35 in overtime. And um, I didn't mind the call. I think everybody I was watching the game with was kind of surprised by that. Even Twitter was surprised by that. But if I'm Mike McCarthy, like, I'm going for it. I, like, you could have kicked the long field goal with Maher. He has a good leg, but it's not a guarantee. And you're still giving the ball back to Green Bay because the uh, Cowboys won the toss. So... I didn't mind going for it at all there. You might as well go to Green Bay and try to win the game, not play to not lose. Dak Prescott almost got sacked. He threw like a, um, just kind of a jump ball in a way to his running back, Tony Pollard. It was incomplete. Then there was a big third and one throw by Rodgers to Alan Lazard. One of those typical Aaron Rodgers fakes the handoff at a shotgun and just like whips a throw to Lazard. And he took it 36 yards, got in a field goal range. And that was the game. So the Packers, I guess, kind of keep their season alive. I still think they're they're dumb. Maybe they can sneak in the wild card, but seems like kind of a long shot right now. But Green Bay's four and six. Dallas falls to six and three. They're third in the NFC East. Love to see it once again. Cardinals at Rams wasn't really that fun of a game. Um, backup quarterbacks here. It was John Wolford versus Colt McCoy. I will say Colt McCoy, I feel like anytime he's filled in for Kyler Murray has been good. Like I think Colt McCoy is definitely over 500 as a Cardinal starter. Like he's been good. He was like two and one or three and one last year. He just won this start. So Colt McCoy, not that bad of a backup. And he definitely fits this uh, Cliff Kingsbury system pretty nicely. So the Cardinals got out to a 17-3 lead. AJ Green out of nowhere scored a touchdown to make it 17-3 right at halftime. The Rams kind of made a comeback. Daryl Henderson, a four-yard touchdown in the third quarter, but then James Conner, a nine-yard touchdown, gave him a two-touchdown lead. The big news here, if you're a Rams fan, was that Cooper Cup got hurt. Um, he should be out for at least a few weeks. It seemed like he avoided a big, and actually, right as I'm talking about it, a notification came up. So Schefter says wide receiver Cooper Cup has a high ankle sprain. Not good. Another familiar with his prognosis said, quote-unquote, doesn't sound good. So whether it's high ankle sprain or something worse, um, hopefully Cooper Cup's okay because the NFL is definitely better when he's playing. But uh, yeah, overall, seems like a lost season for the Rams. Once again, Matthew Stafford didn't play in this one, but they had no excuse because Kyler Murray didn't play for the uh, Cardinals. So yeah, at least the Rams, they won a Super Bowl. They kind of sold their soul, giving up all those draft picks and whatnot and just getting themselves kind of in cap hell. 
Um, they've always found ways to make it work, but the Rams don't really have that much depth. That's been a problem with them in recent years. And most of their guys have stayed healthy, like Ramsey and Stafford last year and Cooper Cup. Bobby Wagner's been healthy. So just unfortunate for the Rams this year. But once again, at least they'll always have the Super Bowl that they won last year. Last night, Chargers at 49ers. It seemed like the Chargers early were going to give them a good fight. I mean, Justin Herbert had a 32-yard touchdown to DeAndre Carter to take a 7-0 lead. And then after two field goals, the Chargers went up by 10. It was 13-3. And that funny stat came out. I guess it's been out, but we saw it last night on TV that Jimmy Garoppolo is like 10-2 in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown. Jimmy did have a quarterback sneak touchdown, but Jimmy did not have a passing touchdown in this game. So the Niners, they get a much-needed win. They're now 5-4. Five and four. The Chargers drop to 5-4. and four. So just a rough one for the Chargers. They've, they had such a really, you know, really exciting offseason. They signed so many guys. You know, J.C. Jackson's out for the year now. They just released Jerry Tillery, a 2019 first-round pick. So, um, yeah, some bad vibes for the Chargers. They were without a lot of weapons. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, their tight end. Um, Gerald Everett got hurt in this game as well. So just a really crappy situation. But if you're the Niners, you get yourself a much-needed win. Wasn't pretty. They didn't cover the damn spread. Thanks, Niners. But they won by six when they were favorites by seven. So for tonight's game, I don't want to stay up and, like, have to talk about it afterwards. So I'll probably just do, do with this type of way but uh, the commanders are at the eagles eagles favored by 11 i took the commanders to cover that but i still think the eagles win i would say philly win wins by like six or seven so hopefully they cover the spread but um obviously as a giants fan i would love the commanders to win this game and just have a chance to get in the first place in the east but the giants do play philly a couple more times this year so they have a chance to uh you know, possibly take care of business themselves. So big takeaways, the Bills absolutely blew it. They can't keep losing games like this. Josh Allen has to be smarter. Aaron Rodgers still owns the Cowboys. Kadarius Tony's going to be good and it's going to piss me off. The Rams are absolutely cooked and Andy Dalton is the third best quarterback on his team. So yeah, that's going to do it for the video. I hope you guys enjoyed the format. Any suggestions, let me know. I have a good little like background here. I made the standings for you guys, the scores. So if you're watching the video, you'll probably like how it's kind of formatted here but if you're listening to the podcast i hope you enjoyed as well so anyway we'll do it next week for week 11 and i'll talk to you guys next time